The title of this episode is People Over Profits, and you might be thinking that this is going to be some gushy episode where we talk about doing good and not caring about your bottom line, but that's actually the opposite. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who has centered the vision of their business and their entire marketing plan around communicating how the profits of their business are actually helping other people. This is an incredibly smart way of attracting customers and talent by connecting with them on an emotional level. Not to mention, it showcases how you can put others first and actually propel your profits in the process. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov. And today we've got an awesome show for you playing. We've got Josh Hendrickson here. He is the Director of Sales at Wilson Lumber. Welcome to the show, Josh. Hi. Awesome. Well, we're so glad for you to be here today. Maybe you can just kick us off and give us a little bit of an overview of your role in Wilson Lumber and talk to us a little bit about your business. All right. Well, I'm Director of Sales for Wilson Lumber Company. We have several different divisions in our company. I manage the multifamily, the single family track home builders, inside retail sales and installed sales. We've been in business for 70 years now. Uh, 2018, we were pro sales dealer of the year. So we've been around a while and we service the Southeast region, primarily North Alabama for every division of our company with the exception of the multifamily commercial division, which is regional that covers seven or eight states. So Josh, I think for our listeners out there, I'd love to just kick things off and give us a little bit of an overview. When you think about your marketing or sales, what tends to work really well for you guys? Like looking at, you know, granted, you've been around for 70 years, you've had a lot of success, you've been through recessions, you've been through bull markets. What's working for you right now? And what opportunities do you see ahead, you know, looking at this next year? Well, what's worked for us for 70 years is our brand, how our local customer base perceives, you know, our brand, how we take care of our customers. We've got a lot of generational customers where their dad and their grandfather bought from us and they know that we're going to take care of them. So one of the struggles that we've seen is how do we expand that into markets that we've never been in? because we've been growing so rapidly in these other markets. And we've also struggled with how to find a way to market those customers directly and figure out what's going to reach them where we get the most value out of our marketing funds. We haven't really found anything that works directly other than a lot of social media. So we've been reaching out a lot to people through Facebook and uh, LinkedIn seems to be a really popular one. We do a little bit of Instagram, but not as much because we feel like Instagram gets more of the end user rather than the builder. Can you expound on your outreach efforts from a social media standpoint and the types of results that you've seen? We've been trying to find a really good way to track monetarily what we're getting out of that. You know, we can see how many hits we get, but we're really struggling with a good way to find out what we're capturing from those people when we do send out those efforts. We're doing a lot of posts that revolve around our community aspect of what we do within our community because we think that does reach out to a lot of our customers where they want to learn more about our efforts in community outreach. It's a big part of our company. Currently, we have a ministry in Guatemala where we just put in a well. 
a huge portion of, wow. of our profits go into a small city that a little town that's just a community where uh, they just don't have anything. So we've sent three different mission teams down there. And so we advertise a lot on that so that people know that, that we're bigger than just a building materials company. There is a mission behind what we do. And we believe that it's people before profits. And we think that there's business owners that have the same philosophy that mm. we do. And so we want to connect to those people. Part of our target customer that I think is really important is to find a customer that values partnership. And so that's what we're trying to do is find somebody that we can partner with on more than just sales. I love that so much, Josh. Like I, I, know, I didn't honestly know that as you were coming on the show today. I think that's really fascinating. Can you expound on that a bit? Like, has this been a part of your journey since the beginning that you guys you know, where people before profits, I know that's kind of a, it's been branded over the last few years, but talk to me about that decision and talk to us about what kind of opportunities that's opened up for you, not just to give back, but also from a, a sales and biz dev standpoint. Well, it, it reaches out to a lot of different areas of our company. The CEO, Rob Wilson, he's the president. And probably in the last five years, he, him and a couple of the other owners have worked really hard to define our core values, our mission statement. We've always had some, but they've retooled those. And part of his role is to grow that part of the business. He's the visionary on where we're going to go with the company. And then he also works really closely with our caring team. And some of the things that we've done is not just our project in Guatemala. For 70 years, we've always been really community-oriented. We had a fire recently just across the street with some apartments, and the employees all got together and brought in clothes and food and things like that for those people. Every year we do a company match with turkeys for the local rescue mission. And so it, cool. it really gets our employees involved. And we actually just did a survey of all of our employees and we had some really great information to come out of that, that they understand the mission of the company. And so when you have total buy-in with your entire staff, it's very easy as a salesperson to sell something that you believe in. And you know, we're selling building materials, sure, but I feel like it's bigger than that here. Our company culture is really important to us and our customers, I, I believe they recognize that. That's why they continue to do business with us. That's really incredible. And it's when it's authentic and a part of your DNA, I think that's something that your customers really pick up on. Like you said, there's other like-minded business people or business owners that are seeking out business owners who have the same values to create these to use, I think your words, you said generational customers create these generation long relationships with. That's just really incredible and something that marketing and sales alone can't get you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, a absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's totally yeah. fair to say. Well, we have our core values posted all over the company. As a leader in the company, it makes it really easy to make decisions when your core values are everywhere because it, I can tell you personally, it's rare for me to go through a day without sitting back and say, hmm, if I had to ask myself that question again, one of our core values is do the right thing, treat others the way you want to be treated. So if I think about those two things, I think, well, the answer is clear. I don't have to, to think about this because I know exactly what the answer is and how I'm going to take care of my customer. And I can't tell you how many customers have sat in my office and read those words on the wall and said, you know, that's the way we do business. It's, mm. it's just very convenient when you have two sets of core values that align so closely with each other that the answer is very clear. I also have a great sales guy. And one of the things that he told me recently was he has a lot of people come in the showroom 
And when they walk in there, you know, he'll look at them and say, you know, so what are you guys working on? They say, oh, we're building the house. You can just see it on their face. They're a little overwhelmed. And so he'll tell them, you know, this is a process that you should enjoy and it should be fun. And if you're not having a good experience with somebody, you're probably working with the wrong person. And I never thought about it that way, but it just makes everything so much easier for everyone involved when it's a good relationship like that. And even when the times are tough and you got to make a bad decision, everybody seems to forget about it pretty quickly. So is this the cornerstone of your marketing and sales efforts, Josh, or are there other things that you are doing to differentiate yourself in the marketplace? It's definitely the cornerstone. We do everything based off of that. And I think that's something that's kept us in business for 70 years. But I think that, you know, we're third generation. So the statistics, they're stacked against us. We're not supposed to be around for very long, but because of the foundation that we've built and how much effort we've put into it, we're going to be around for, for 70 more years. It's just great. When you walk around our company and you talk to the employees, it's very easy to see that they believe in what we're doing and, you know, just keep going back to it. But when customers see that, it's easy for them too. Josh, you've mentioned a couple of times that you've been in business for over 70 years. And I love the idea of, I've never heard anybody refer to it as generational customers. I know that that's, I'm not that uncommon of a thing within building materials, but I just really like the way that you phrase that. But we all know how quickly change has come to the building materials industry and the pace of change is ever quickening. Is there something that you've had to do over the last 10 years or changes that you've seen over the last 10 years and what your customers are expecting or anticipation of what your customers are beginning to demand from you? that you have had to make some type of pivot or change to meet that new demand? I'm trying to think of some, some experiences that we've gone through. I mean, we absolutely are having to change every day. It seems like Th this industry, I think, you know, outside of the recession that we went through in the last, I don't know, 36 months, it's probably changed more in the last 10 years, 15 years. I think a lot of it has to do with younger people getting in the business and how we interact with them. You know, used to people would want you on the job site and, and you would check in with them and you'd help them solve problems and you, you would, you know, call them every day and, and follow up with them. Now they just want text messages. They don't really want to be bothered. And I think it's some of the younger guys that, that are out there taking over their dad's business. I have a personal friend that his grandfather started the company and his dad ran it. And now he's running it. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the way he works. You have to get used to that. Some of our older guys, they don't understand that. And they're having to retool their approach of, you know, how they interact with those guys. And one of the fun things that I think that we do is we have a three interview process to come work for Wilson Lumber. And the third interview is solely on culture. And we're trying to find the right fit. And so one of the owners of the company, all the owners do the, inter the third interview and so he said, well, you know, I, I just don't know how I can manage our culture in the company because we're getting so big. And I thought about that for a while and I went back to him and I said, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think that that third interview really connects with a lot of the younger people. It's not every day that they're accessible to the owner of a company. And so one of the first interactions with the owners is to be onboarded and to tell them how much they appreciate them and you know, they're here for them if they need anything. And, you know, that type of personal touch is what we also try to do with our customers. I've taken over the director of sales and one of the owners was actually in this role prior to me. And he's moved into a role that's just 
customer engagement, and that is his full-time job, is just just have one-on-one time with the customers. He's not interested in selling them anything. He's not interested in doing anything with them. He sends us monthly reports to our sales team to talk about who he talked to, you know, Bob's son that's going to graduate high school or a new son that just got born or Bill's kid just got accepted to Auburn. So he sends these reports out. And so if I don't have as much time to get that personal experience with them, he's doing that for us. And so that's helping us build bridges with some of these younger guys because he's taking the time to figure them out. And I don't know that they get that a lot because he's not out there every day like our sales guys. Man, I just love that idea so much. And I love that it's one of your owners. I don't have any questions about it. I just really like it. <laughs> Circling back to the question earlier about what's working for you from a marketing standpoint, you talked about being very purpose-driven, you know, people before profits. Are you in your social media efforts? Are you like advertising what you're doing? And you said it was in Guatemala. Like, are you advertising that? Are you posting that throughout social media? Like, talk to me about what that cadence looks like and how that's interwoven into your marketing. Because frankly, if I don't know you and I see that you're talking about that, that could feel very self-serving, which is not the case. Obviously we're talking here now, but how do you tread that line and say, Hey, we are really about this and we're making it the cornerstone of our marketing, but it's not self-serving. Well, we do post a lot in social media to talk about some of the things we're doing. We also send out flyers and those flyers touch on employees by name. They tell customers some of the things that we're doing. Um, It lets them know the position of the company, how we want to grow. It really opens the door to them to have more of a one-on-one personal touch with what we're doing and the direction that we're we're going in. You know, if, if you've never done business with us, I can understand how you might see that. But for customers that know us and they they start to see what we're doing every day. It just really builds a stronger foundation with them. And, you know, they tend to overlook a lot of things because they know us as a person. And newer customers, you know, people that we're targeting, you know, we just try to get in front of them. And, you know, you never know who you're going to touch. We actually had a meeting, I don't know, it was probably middle of this year, where a company got bought out by another company. And this new company that came in, they had a video that was just incredible that that talked about, what it's like to do business with them, you know, and this was marketed to their homeowner. And so it was like a video in the future. And it says, here's a, here's our future business. And here's what it's like to do business with us. And here's how we want to get there. And I thought that that was a really neat approach. And of course, at the end of the day, we get done with this and they start talking about core values and guess what? They aligned exactly with ours. And so this new business that came in, when I talked about some of the things that we do, we've just got this marriage that just works really well now because we're both founded on the same principles. You know, what's funny about this, Josh, I'm like, I don't know what other questions I have for you. Cause I'm like, this is just really smart. Like you guys just really care about yeah, people. Exactly. <laughs> you really care about people locally. You really care about your team. You really care about people outside of the U S that are frankly in a lot of need. And it's been a common theme recently on our show where people are talking about the importance of other individuals, like seeing past money and seeing the opportunity to serve others. And I think, you know, one thing we talk about, you know, like, you know, if I'm just peeling back the curtain at Venvio, like one thing we talk about is that one of our core values is honor, meaning I want to put the person in front of me before myself. I need to be able to set them up to succeed and care about their success just as much as mine. And we attract those kinds of people. And if you're not that kind of person, like you are like oil and water, you know, and that, that really sticks out. I'm just curious from your standpoint, you know, recruiting as well as looking for the right partners 
how are you sifting through and finding the right people that fit that culture internally as well as your customer base? Well, internally, it's difficult. Well, on both sides, it's difficult. Internally, we put a lot of effort into finding the right people. We 100% believe that we care more about finding the right person over the right skill set. So if they're not in the right place, we want to put them in the right seat. And I can't tell you how many employees that are great employees here that have worked here for many, many, many years that we've kind of shifted around the company and then it clicks and we knew that they were in the right seat. And, and we've hired some people that maybe they weren't the right fit from a skill set perspective, but we knew that, that culturally they were exactly who we wanted. And so we believe that we can train them to do other things. Part of our three interview process is the first one is just straight up competency. Can they do the job? The second one is a little bit of the competency, but mostly culture. And then the third one, it's 100% culture. And the owners of the company, they'll veto it if they think that somebody's really just not going to make it. But they believe if they made it that far, they're just going to vet them to see, do they believe in the things that we believe in because we hold them so dear. When it comes to customers, you know, sometimes there's some customers that don't exactly align as well. And you know, it's a delicate subject, but you have to put your efforts in where they're best spent. And we're going to put more effort into somebody that, you know, may be struggling with their business. And we're going to try to help them out because they know that where their heart is rather than somebody that may run a great business, but treats our employees bad or, or doesn't have a good relationship with our sales staff. Something that I was actually thinking about doing with our CFO, we've been kicking around the idea of maybe doing some kind of a workshop with our customers where they would have access to a CFO. A lot of these guys are pickup truck builders. They don't have those kind of resources. And if you went through the recession, you realize that some of the people that you need to talk to about financial advice are the very people that will cut you off when they find out that you're in trouble. So we're kicking around the idea about maybe opening up that resource to them. We also do some lunch and learns where, you know, it kind of started out with, you know, new products and things like that, you know, and that's the obvious, you know, go to like, oh, you know, this company's got a new LSL header. Let's bring that thing in and show our customers the advantages and the time they can say that's the, that's the go-to. But we've kind of changed gears a little bit and tried to become more of a resource to those customers and offer them tools for their business and not just products to sell. So we're trying to, to showcase, you know, things that can save time or we've brought in some people to talk about some economic forecasts on the real estate side and then also some forecast on where we think building material costs are going to go. And, you know, that's not the most interesting thing, but, but those are resources that your smaller builders, they don't have access to those. You know, they can get all the reports, but they may not be developed completely for their market, that macro level that they need. And so we're trying to do that for them. It's really incredible. We have a similar saying about hiring people that we hire for culture first and talent second. You can always train people have the skills that you need them to have. It's difficult to train people to be a good person. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> so. I, I just like to say work, working at, at Venvio is by invite only. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost that way you know, here. It really, it, you know, it is if, not, that. that's not always the case, but it, it's much easier when you have somebody who knows and can vouch for that person's integrity. Yeah. We've grown so much this year that, that we've had our struggle with hiring. We have added 30% staff over a hundred people in one year. And, and we, wow. and we, we kind of budgeted for, it. you know, we sat back and said, here's at the beginning of the year, here's where we need to be and how do we get there? And one of the things that we had to tackle when we were going through this explosive growth was people and how many people are we going to need? And we looked at it on paper and we said, holy cow, we have to 
to grow net headcount by two people every single week or we're not going to make it. And so HR was like, this is Q1. I was going to ask about your HR department. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Onboarding January 1, HR knew two people a week. We had to retain and keep and grow net headcount two people a week. And so, you know, this year has just been explosive growth. But now we're we've tried to stay ahead of our growth where in the past, our company historically, we just hire as needed, especially after the recession, during the recession. So you know, sales grow, well, let's get more people. Well, now we're growing so fast and we have a real strategy. We're trying to plan ahead. So we're staffed for a company that's probably 15 to 20% bigger than where we are today. And we're prepared. So next year, the hope is we don't have to do all this hiring. We can put the focus on having more of the right people than just people, um, quality people. And, And we have a lot of great people here, but, you know, you can always grow them. And that's actually one of our mission statements, uphold Christ-like principles and inspire people to grow. So that's what we try to do. That's great. So Josh, for our listeners out there, I'd love to hear, you know, just your last bit of advice. If, if somebody's listening to this podcast or this episode and they're like, hey, this is super valuable. You know, what advice would you give them if they're trying to bring purpose into the organization on a deeper level? What advice would you give that individual? Well, I would say, first of all, you have to start and, and look at your core values and establish what those are. And once you determine exactly what you want your business to be, then you try to identify how you can approach your customers and let them know that's how you're trying to run your business. We broadcast that, of course, through social media. We put it all over our walls. We have some things that we put on our trucks to let people know what we're about. And, you know, it does take time for you to build that brand but over time, I think your customers will be able to identify with you and, and you'll have people that will do business with you just because of the way you do business, not off price. We try not to, we're, we're trying not to ever be the price guy. That's great. Josh, if someone wants to get in touch with you or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can reach us, of course, through the website, but my email is probably the best way. It's at wilsonlumber.net. And that would be the best way to reach me anytime. That's awesome. Well, again, it, we appreciate you coming on the show. And, and Josh, thank you so much for sharing with us. This is a pretty incredible story. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I am Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.